0: Hello and welcome to the Sports Technology Podcast. In this episode, we speak with Jamie and Gus from Stride, S-T-R-Y-D, which is a new company that has created a power reader for runners. They tell us what it means to run with this new metric and how they've developed the product leading up to the current Kickstarter campaign. For more information, check out our website, sportstechnologypodcast.com, and be sure to follow us on Twitter at sportstechpod. Enjoy!
1: Welcome to this week's edition of the Sports Technology Podcast. I'm Mike, and with me again today is Henry. Hi. And our guests today are Jamie and Gus from Stride, and they're going to tell us more about their product and what they're working on. Pretty cool um, product out of Colorado. So welcome to the podcast, guys. Um, as we begin, do you want to just each each of you take a couple minutes and, and just introduce yourselves?
2: Sure. Um, my name is Gus, and I am one of the co-founders at Stride. I'm here with Jamie.
3: Yeah, and I'm also a co-founder, I'm Jamie. I've been working on wearable technology and uh, specifically applied to running over the last couple of years. And uh, out of that work has come Stride. So I'm kind of on the engineering side,
1: um, science and engineering side. And so, uh, so thanks for having us, it's a pleasure to be here. So as we begin, can you just give us an overview of what Stride is? Yeah, sure.
3: So over the past couple of decades, Power meters have been around um, in the cycling world to measure a, a cyclist's overall um, work output uh, throughout their, their bike ride. This has been they've been able to do this because the, 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 dri- the drivetrain of a bike is very regular, and it's and and you can measure the uh, the, the torque and the force applied um, to that drivetrain by the, the runner's legs directly. Um. Or sorry, not the runner, the, the cyclist legs directly. This hasn't happened in the such a such a device hasn't really made its way over to running, because uh, the runner's drivetrain is biomechanical, and so it's uh, it's very difficult to develop a system that would measure the power generated by the biomechanical system directly. Um, so what Stride has done is solve the problem from a different angle um, by using motion sensors and environmental sensors. We can track the runner's um, motion through three d space across changing terrain to um, estimate or calculate the amount of power needed to move in the way that you're moving. By doing so, um, we've kind of we've we've developed the very first power meter for runners to measure the power output of your run in real time, and we really hope that it would change, kind of transform the way runners train, similarly to the way that the bike power meter has transformed the way that cyclists have trained over the past
1: couple decades. Can you give us an idea of how big the actual device is?
3: Yeah, Yeah. so um, there are other devices for runners that measure things like uh, cadence or step counts or. Speed and distance, they can estimate that as well. Um, Those foot pods uh, are about, you know, I'd say 25 millimeters or so, like maybe two and a half centimeters, three centimeters, something like that by about a, uh, a centimeter. So it's, anyway, this is uh, the same di- uh, dimensions as Stride, roughly in that area. So it's the same as existing foot pods. And it, it's weight, it's less, than, it's less than 10 grams, it's about eight
0: grams with battery and package. Um, I just So power, power is a measurement of um, energy per time, energy used or required per time. And I'm wondering if it's possible to look at terrain and, and kind of calculate the power you would need to, to To move across it just by looking at the like the i don't know whether they're whether they're hills whether it's flat whether there's wind and your' kind of your body mass can you can you in a very kind of awkward and complicated way calculate the power that you would need to move
3: yeah, so there are really three major components um to the environment that maybe impede a uh, runner's movement and therefore would uh because of the envi- because of those factors may require the runner to exert more energy to overcome them so one would be elevation and this is something that stride measures very well so if you're running up a hill you need to move your your mass up not only in a horizontal direction but also in a vertical direction and so that requires a, a, an extra component of energy if you're running down a hill then you're assisted by gravity and so um, you're essentially falling a little bit on each step and so you're the amount of energy that you need to put into the step is reduced so so that would be the one of the components another component would be wind so if you're running into a headwind then you need more energy to fight that or a tailwind would give you again a little bit of an assist this is that the wind part is something that stride is not uh, well tested on we in order to really dial everything in we would really need a very controlled uh, environment to know how much wind is, is in the uh, environment. So say like a wind tunnel would be the, the ideal case. Uh, we don't have a wind mm-hmm. tunnel. so um, But we do have a plan moving forward on how to how to address the wind. The the third case I would say is the running surface. So the extreme case would be running on sand. So if you've ever ran on a beach, then you'll know that it's it's much more difficult to, um, you, you exert a lot more energy running on a beach than you would in like a nice, uh, maybe prepared track or pavement, where those surfaces will help to return a lot of your your energy. Whereas the sand, the sand will not return that energy back to you uh, to help keep you in mo- in motion. And and stride is been tested on on across different surfaces as well, and shows that you know if you're running in sand, you're gonna it shows the the extra energy you need because sand has uh, different braking forces compared to you know, like running on pavement, and, and we can see those things. Cool. And
1: how do you imagine uh, kind of the, the first level of runners that you start to get get the product out in their hands? Like how are they using and adapting to it to add either to kind of watches, kind of conventionally that they're using to, to train and, and heart rate monitors and things like that? How does this fit into that?
2: Well, right now we have basically a pretty pretty ideal Um, place to do it in, right? Boulder is an incredible environment for endurance athletes. Uh, We have a lot of triathletes who train out of here, lead, and and, and then everybody else, the general public is very much about that. But we also have a pilot program where we're actually testing these athletes in real-world environment. Um, So they're out in the trails, they're out training, they're doing all these different uh, workouts, whether it's uh, for a marathon or an Ironman. And we're actually gathering. We've been gathering data for a while, but now we're also starting to create training programs based on their training, based on their power as well.
3: Yeah, and just to follow up, there's there's three different use cases for Stride. So you, a very beginner runner, um, or just someone who who maybe likes to listen to music. Uh, more of the beginner runners do that. They keep their phone with them during their run. Stride connects to their phone. Stride, there's a Stride app to collect the data from, from the device and give uh, real-time feedback through the audio uh, system of the phone, so through, like, if you're wearing earbuds. Uh, A lot of runners wear watches with GPS in them. If the watch supports, is a multi-sport watch that may support cycling, uh, like have a cycling uh, mode, then it often supports power uh, for the, as I mentioned earlier, um, the power meters on, on the bikes have been around for a while, so there's channels there that we can use, and it Shows up as power when they sync data from their watch to a third-party training platform like Training Peaks. They'll see it as power there. There are certain watches, uh, like the Sunto Ambit series, has allows power metric to be put into running mode, Uh, so that works right away. Garmin has what's called a Garmin Connect, or sorry, Connect IQ, which would allow us to push the power metric through into the running mode as well. So those uh watches work right away and then the last uh running mode is if you don't if you're a running purist and you don 't want to bring a watch with you, you you may not want to see your metric until after the run you may not you may feel bothered by watching real time metrics and 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 this is common actually then we can sync the data when you get in range of your phone and you'll see it again on your third party um training platforms
0: what might a workout or like a, a run Look like with um, with the power as an output. So if, if if normally if I go for a run or for a, a training session, I'll look at my pace or sometimes my heart rate. But what? How would that change kind of what I do if I was trying to run off of power? Or what sort of goals do runners try for with power? Are you trying to maintain a constant power? Or so there's two major
3: ways to train with power. One of them is similar to the cycling case, where you've done a kind of characterization test beforehand. So we've developed, from that test, we can develop power zones for you. And just like in cycling, you can say, today I want to train in this zone for this amount of time because I know that I'm doing this volume of work, which will then help raise my fitness to a level, you know, to a specific level. And then you can repeat, you can follow a program based on that. The other way that's unique to running is... Like I said, the, the runner's drivetrain is the human body. The cyclist's drivetrain is a very regularized um, set of gears and you know your crank and gears and things, your bike chain, so y- there's not a lot of efficiency that you can change. Your, your bike has a static efficiency. Your body, on the other hand, uh, can more or less efficiently run through the same distance at the same speed. And you can, you can make changes in your running form to be more or less efficient. So you can have, you know, maybe higher vertical m- movements, which are essentially not propelling you forward. And as an example... And so, what stride can do is help to help you to see these types of inefficiencies in your running form in real time. So you can do different, you can change up your form a little bit, make minor adjustments, see the impact in real time to help you kind of dial in your running form. The other thing I would say is, if uh, you're uh, you want to pace yourself through a race, um, then speed or pace uh, doesn't take into account the terrain. So if I'm running up a big hill, I don't want to keep the same pace because I'll have to work much, much harder um, to fight that hill at that pace. So what I want to do is I want to keep myself at the power, the right power zone, which means I might dial back my pace. And then I'll have
0: energy left over to really push hard at the end. That's cool. The uh, the efficiency aspect is, is fascinating. I was wondering about that. That's a really cool, um, yeah, that's that's unique. I like that.
1: So a little bit broader question. I was wondering if... Um, either of you would give a little bit more background on the actual company. Like how did the team come together? Where,
2: From a company standpoint, we basically started about three years ago. Um, I actually came from a coaching background and um, also a software uh, platform that, that basically worked with sports. Um, uh, Jamie and the rest of the team, they're engineers. And they were working on another, uh, basically, another technology um, that basically was for research out of the University of Colorado and also with the University of Michigan with with Rob, uh, Robert Dick. And we decided to come together and create, I mean, eventually, now it's called Stride, but um, we were working on a few technologies that were derived from, from uh, running, for gate analysis solutions and we we knew that there was something missing and we were testing some stuff with for power with um, with athletes with EMG technology and we were able to put it together and we basically created stride
3: yeah so it's been a, a few years of work' starting with you know actually it was starting with measuring brain waves with uh, wearable EEG systems for for DARPA for the government. Uh, through contracts and grants there doing research to make a product from that to make that useful has was was challenging because brainwaves are so small in amplitude so this transition and, and just to say about our team our team has always been one we're academics t- uh, to begin with but um, or at least we started that way but we're all interested in doing making real impacts and doing real things and so I mean research is incredibly helpful but um, being being able to deliver something that, you know, what we deliver directly, we can, you know, directly has an impact um, on people. That's been kind of, that's kind of the theme of this team um, from the beginning. So um, we started with the, the wearable EEG stuff, realized that, you know, hey, EMG or electromyography is the same signal or the same, it's a, it's a potential, a surface potential on the skin, just like uh, EEG or electroencephalography. And then um, we had motion sensors embedded in our EMG sensors. We were working out in the gym, doing uh, you know resistance training. We were running with them. The running metrics were incredibly interesting to us because running is a very regularized movement, yet there's a lot of variation. Not only person to person, because everyone's gait is a, light, a little different, but even within one person, depending upon if you're, you know, tired or even within the same run, I mean, your gate can change. So we started looking at that. Wow, we can build a gate analysis system with these sensors. And but the problem there is gate is a very complex. Um, uh, uh, when, you, when you describe a gate, you're using lots of metrics, lots of uh, position and in, in different angles and making use out of that data is difficult. So that's when we arrived um, at power because um, we saw in the cycling world how, how it totally transformed the way people, the single, single metric can totally transform the way people train. And they could get to levels that they just couldn't ever get before without that, that single data, uh, that single metric. And so, so we had the opportunity to test uh, our devices in uh, motion capture, 3D motion capture and force plate treadmill labs. With metabolic carts, so that's a great ground truth obviously you can't bring that out into the real world but that was our challenge to create the kind of the, the secret sauce the, kind of the algorithms needed to take all that sensor data together and create your power metric
0: so i was i was just going to ask whether you Thought the the hardware, the software was the most challenging, but it sounds like the algorithms is really where the uh, the innovation comes from.
3: Yeah, I would say there's two sides. So uh, clearly, the algorithms um, are the champion here. Y- you to get good accuracy requires you know a deep understanding of the biomechanics of uh, the runner. So we've worked with sports physiologists. We worked with coaches who do the who use um, metrics like stride length and cadence and things like that. Every day in their coaching and training of other athletes, and then and then on top of that, the the physics of motion, the physics of um, you know uh, being able to measure the environment and the changes across the environment, how the body's responding to that, um, all of those things go together in in the algorithms. And then uh, the other challenge is probably purely an engineering one, but how do we do that? How do we have a sophisticated algorithm that is accurate? yet it requires very little power. And so we, we're not constantly changing batteries. And, and, and in fact, um, you know, we expect stride to last on a coin cell battery for up to a year. And so that's the other side of it is uh, miniaturizing low power, um system design, including it's like hardware. So we call it hardware, software co design. So they all have to go together to, to have very little impact on energy.
0: I guess, uh, I guess you figured it out just in time because there seems to be a lot of interest. You're running a, a Kickstarter campaign now and I, I just glanced, um, and, uh, you're well, about four times your, your original goal right now. <laughs> 30 days yeah. to go. Pretty impressive. Just, yeah. Anything you'd like to say about the, the, the campaign? Yeah, well, how, how you're, how you're moving the, the product forward? We're 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 incredibly
3: excited and overwhelmed by the response. We set the goal a bit lower, and for a reason. We wanted to limit the amount of people that we worked with, because Stride is uh we don't we don't really consider Stride to be product status yet. We really need the the feedback and the data from more runners than we currently have here on the team, and uh, even the local runners and coaches we've been working with. So. The Kickstarter was designed to uh, attract an early adopter who is enthusiastic about running and who runs enough and who's willing to work with us to develop individualized coaching plans and training plans. Everybody has different goals, whether it's to 5K, a 10K, a, or triathlon, uh, or just to just, just start running. So we really wanted to attract the right group of early adopters to help take stride Across that gap, it, because what, because once once we have a w- really solid ways of using Stride, um, very rigorous training plan or not rigorous but rigorously developed tra- and complete training plans, we don't really consider it a product. We can put Stride in you know REI or Sports Authority or any of these sporting goods stores, but if there's no clear path on exactly how to use it, then we we don't want to call it a product yet. So um, so that was the idea with Kickstarter was let's keep things small and uh it the popularity of it i mean we're already i think it's over a thousand backers now and we still have 30 days to go so if anyone's listening here i would and you're interested in stride i would say please go very quickly because our goal was a thousand backers you know after things after the, the starter became popular and um we've, we've reached that so we may be shutting things down pretty quickly just to keep it manageable
1: well that's actually a a pretty good problem to have but if there's um, so we'll point people in in the direction of the kickstarter but if there's any other ways that fans or people interested can follow you what would you suggest
3: well so Kickstarter is just the beginning they can uh, we have an email sign up list at our website uh, stride.com which is s t r y d.com and we would love to have everyone who is interested sign up there um, that's a way to keep in contact with us. So we're, we send out you know, up, updates on a periodic basis. We, we do plan to release the product sometime as a product in early 2016. And so um, you know, I would say if you're signed up through email, then you'll get all the updates on that to, to know where to go to, to get it then. If you're really interested and you're, you're a coach or you're an athlete who wants to work with us, then contact us directly through email. Our email, our general email that gets to everyone on the team is stride at stride.com. And uh, we encourage you, yeah, just just please reach out to us and send us an email. If you just can't wait and you really feel like you can you can help us, or uh, we, we would love to get in contact with you. So please just send us an email.
1: Well, great. Jamie, Gus, thank you for your time today and uh, good luck and wish you just continued success with the project and, and the development. So thank you guys. Thanks so much guys, it was a lot of fun. And that is the
0: episode. Thank you Jamie, thank you Gus and thanks listeners for listening. For more information, check out our website, sportstechnologypodcast.com and remember to follow us on Twitter at SportsTechPod.